Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Bo and Johnny, and boy, do we have things to talk about for the <laughs> middle of February, my friend. Yay. Um, let's start uh, with what pays the bills, and that's Ohio State football. And, and let's start with Justin Fields being cleared. This has been one of the most incredible stories of the last 60 days in in college football, obviously, and in Ohio State football history, I think by the time it's all said and done, and what it means for Ryan Day. And I think it's remarkable how this all came about, how um, my guess is, and we, James and I were talking about it on the radio today, and James said that he thought his best guess for the way that this started was Justin Fields slid into Dwayne Haskins' DMs and said, <laughs> hey, man, are you leaving? How do you like it up there? And Haskins said, I love it. Yes, I am. And Field says, well, I'm thinking about transferring. And Haskins says, please do. And then from there, it, it's on. And, and he gets in the transfer portal and can be contacted. And, and it goes from, you know, it's Ohio State or it's Florida State to a, an awkward press conference at the Rose Bowl where Tate Martell says all the stuff he says. God bless him. And then <laughs> it's Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields and Urban Meyer sitting courtside at a basketball game. And then it's Tate Martell's gone. And then it's, yeah, don't worry about it. He's going to be cleared. And we're all like, are we sure he's going to be cleared? Like, this is a pretty big gamble. You know, if Matt Baldwin's all that's left and it's you don't have another quarterback and this is going into Ryan Day's first year, like if, if Ryan Day's not great right away, it can set, you know, a precedent that's it's hard to ever overcome. If you get off to a bad start, I mean, this isn't a guy who's been a head coach before. If you get off to a bad start, it's something that can hinder you forever. It was critical he gets off to a good start to Justin Fields cleared. And Johnny, I would put this to you, and I believe this emphatically, 10 years ago, he's not cleared. He is no. not cleared 10 years ago. No, 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 no. And, and that's, you know, that was the first thing that I wanted to say is that if, I, I saw a stat today, and I wish I could cite the exact number because it's, it's driving me crazy. But the percentage of NCAA, like transfer requests that were approved this year is just mind-bogglingly high. Like it's, an, it's a really incredible number like it, it huge, I think it's something like 60, 70, 80% of the uh, transfer requests have been approved. And I, you know, I think NCAA football, and this is maybe a little bit separate from the talk about, you know, what Fields is going to bring to Ohio State. But I think eventually NCAA football needs to get to like a one no penalty transfer rule where, you know, for whatever reason, you know, you can do that in your college career without taking some kind of like penalty because, it, you know, <laughs> Justin Fields. I'm not saying you're like almost there. Yeah. Well, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like they're, they're basically, I think they're setting the stage for that. Justin Fields, I think had a legitimate grievance, especially with the way things went down at Georgia and, and the stuff that he had to deal with. But you know, it, it's not on the same level as a crazy thing. Like what happened at Penn state where they're approving these types mm -hmm. of transfers. So I just, to me, it's, it's very interesting because I really do think that the NCAA is, is edging towards a more sensical policy here. And yeah. I think that's also why a lot of the guys around Justin Fields weren't surprised that this ended up happening. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think Tate Martell is going to be cleared too. And I yeah. think, um, yeah. because he's just going to say that the coach coaching change, you know, and I, I think that the NCAA is pretty much green lighting all of these because of optics, because that if they don't meantime, their coaches leave and, you know, and make 7 million a year and we're going to hold players to different standards and coaches. Right. So if you can come up with almost any excuse, then we're going to let you play right away. And, you know, Fields had a legitimate excuse. I know, you know, I'm sure there's some people in the South who don't believe that. Um, yeah. And probably some people to the North of us who don't <clears throat> believe that. 
Um, but Fields had a legitimate excuse, and we all kind of thought he would be cleared. Ohio State was ever so confident that he would be cleared, so it felt like they knew something. Um, and, and he was, and I agree with you. I would be fine with that. I would be fine with a one-time, no-penalty transfer. I would be fine if you could transfer every time your coach leaves. If the head yeah. coach or your position coach leaves, then you should be able to leave without without penalty. I'm fine with that. I, I think that players should have the same freedom as coaches. I would have a problem with you know with players leaving in the middle of a season. I would have a problem with with a kid transferring. But by the, as I say that, as I say, I was going to say I have a problem with kid transferring every year. But in the situation where a kid transfers every year, it usually it usually hinders them. If yeah, you think of the kids gonna... that have done that. You know, like Kyle Allen, who started out at Texas A&M, then transferred to Houston with Tom Herman, then went to either Arizona, Arizona State, then went to JUCO. I don't think he ever played college football anything meaningful, and ended up playing Week 18 for the care or Week 17 for the Carolina Panthers. Like he didn't benefit from any of that, so I don't know that it that it benefits them to transfer every year. So maybe they could transfer every year. I don't know, um, but it's a new day certainly when it comes to transfers. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there are a lot of rules. There are a lot of things that are incredibly antiquated in when it comes to college sports in general and, and what the rules are restricting players. And I'm glad that in this case, it seems to be something that has benefited Ohio State because, again, nothing against yeah. Matthew Baldwin, but it, it very much makes me happy to see that you've got a guy like Justin Fields who's going to be starting at Ohio State and be able to make an immediate impact. And, you know, those are the kind of things that <laughs> – you almost feel like Ohio State gets a little too lucky sometimes with this. It's it's hard to imagine that you can have this fall into your lap when you've got this first year coach that needs to have like a, an uber talent, uh, uber talented uh, quarterback just kind of fall into his lap a little bit. But I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. It's going to be fun, and we've talked about this before. I think the spring is going to be just the most exciting spring we've seen in many many years at Ohio State. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, anytime you have a quarterback, well, you're not going to have a competition. You're going to have, and you know, he's going to ascend to the, yeah. to the job. I mean, he didn't come here to, to not be the quarterback. Um, it's you're right. Spring's going to be incredible. I'll tell you something else that's going to be uh, that's really interesting about all of this is what I said off the top about Ryan Day having to get off to a quick start. So he got off to a quick start in recruiting. Uh, there were a lot of headlines about the Ohio state recruiting class, but the reality is, is that based on average star, it was, I think third in the country. So yeah. while it didn't have the numbers, which didn't allow it to be a top 10 class and it ended up being one of the lowest classes, uh, it was mostly because Ohio state didn't lose that many players. And so, uh, by average star, I think it was third. So it was a very, very good class. This would have all fallen apart if he doesn't have a quarterback, because yeah. when you don't have a quarterback, next year if it's Tate Martell or Matt and they're both fine um, but they're not of the level of this kid from a talent standpoint and so you would have been in a situation where if you were an, if you get out let's say he goes nine and three ne next year eight and four god forbid right at Ohio State now all of a sudden recruiting next year is harder now maybe one of those four losses is to Michigan maybe one of those four losses is to Penn State yeah. then what then all of a sudden the moment it goes quick. Like I know we think that Ohio state is impervious to downhill turns. It's not uh, with the wrong coaching hire. You, you could be in the same spot as, as, as other places and other programs have been. So what this sets up to do, if fields can be great, which is talent lets you, leads you to believe that he will be great. If he can be great. Now you're going to go Haskins fields. And this goes back to Gene's press conference when he introduced Ryan day, where he said, 
we looked at the Oklahoma model. Well, the Oklahoma model worked because Lincoln Riley was handed Baker Mayfield and Kyler freaking Murray back to back. <laughs> and they won two Heismans. And now yeah. Lincoln Murray can, or uh, Lincoln Riley can recruit with anybody. He's top five class every year at Oklahoma. And he's going to get the best quarterback prospects every year because they want to go win Heismans. So, right. and if he does it with Hertz again. So the point is, is day can now be that of the Midwest. Because if you go Haskins, Fields back to back, now you can recruit a different athlete. And the other thing about the Fields thing is, Urban never got anybody this good. Not at quarterback. No. Now, well, it, well, he did for reasons beyond explanation. He didn't. Right. He didn't get Deshaun Watson. <laughs> he didn't get. He didn't get this kid the last time around. He didn't. Well, let me talk. So Ryan talk Day got him because Ryan Day slings the football around. Right. And I, and here here's what I would say about that, which is setting the tone is so important because once you have a rep of either recruiting a certain type of player, winning a bunch of games, whatever that rep is, that follows you. I think part of the reason why Urban Meyer struggled sometimes recruiting these guys like Deshaun Watson is that, okay, I don't want to run it you know, 25 times a game and get injured every single year, which is what happened until the very end of his tenure, right? So you know, if you if Ryan Day can come in and say, hey, I'm going to let you throw for 5,000 yards and you're going to get drafted in the top 10 of the draft, you know, every year, like let's if Justin Fields comes out and has like a gangbuster year or so and is like, you know, ends up being another top five draft pick, that's that establishes that idea as Ryan Day as this quarterback yep. guru forever. Like people will give him credit for that forever and recruits will give him credit for that forever. So that's a huge, huge, you know, bonus. It's a huge boon for Ohio State football uh, if, if uh, you know, Justin Fields is successful because it will just create this you know, this aura, this, this, you know, scent around the Ohio state football program that you want to go there to become a successful, you know, NFL quarterback. And that's, that's great. And, and it, the first couple, you know, the first step and a half has been completed. You got to kind of make sure that he's successful in 2019, but it's, it really is stacked up really well for Ohio state. Yeah. And I, I, you know, as a fan, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. I think it's really exciting. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable what's happened. Um, the other thing that this will do is if he lights it up with field, this will have the NFL knocking on his door, much yep. like it did with Lincoln Riley. And yes. you know, Lincoln Riley wanted decided he wanted to stay in, you know, in Norman and he wants to be an Oklahoma guy. I don't know what motivates Ryan Day. I, I don't. I don't know him well enough. I mean, we hardly know him at all. We've we've had him for two years. We don't know what makes him tick. Um, so we'll learn that as it goes along, but, but that'll be the other thing that'll happen is the NFL will come calling the way they did Riley and, right. you know, Lincoln Riley was able to say no this year, but I don't, you know, Willie in years going forward and, and will Ryan day, but this, this is monumental for all of those reasons. And it's, it's an incredible thing that's happened. And I cannot imagine being James Franklin and having this kid <laughs> committed, right? Like you have him committed. You've done the due diligence. You found him before everybody was on him. Right. Got him committed to Penn State. Then he blows up the summer before his senior year and, and ends up staying, deciding to go to Georgia, incredibly misguided, thinking that he would unseat a kid who just took him to the national championship, by the way. And, um, <laughs> and then, uh, who's a true freshman, and then somehow the kid ends up at Ohio State. Like, at least if you're Franklin, you can sleep at night because you don't have to play him when he's at Georgia. Now you got to play him, and he was yours? He was your yeah. kid? You had the relationships, and then I can't imagine being Harbaugh. Like you can't beat Urban. You think, well, at least we get Ryan Day, and you think, well, he's got you know he's got this little guy quarterback and Tate Martell and Matt Baldwin. He doesn't scare us. 
you know, we'll have Shea Patterson back, you know, back for another year. We should next year we should be able to get him games at our place, so forth, so on. Now you look at it and you go, Well, hell, they get this guy lands in their lap. Highest rated recruit in the history of Ohio State program lands in their lap. Like, what what the hell do you do with this? What I want to know is, so if you're Michigan, if you're Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, because yeah. this is this is not something that we've talked about a lot in this in this all all this drama, but you've got to keep up with the Joneses a little bit. You've got, I mean, look, Ohio State Perfect. theoretically should be at its lowest ebb when you when you lose a coach like Urban Meyer, right? You've got to replace almost the entire staff. Sure. You've got yeah. you know a guy like Dwayne Haskins leaving for the NFL. You got a new coach who has literally three games of head coaching experience. This should be your time to pounce. You should be like just salivating at the idea that these inexperienced you know idiots are just kind of bumbling into this situation sure. where you could have all these connections. You've got all these recruits lined up. I haven't really seen that. From Michigan. I haven't seen some kind no. of like plan of attack where they're trying to take down Ohio State and infiltrate the state and get all our good no. talent. I haven't seen anything like that. Uh instead I've seen I don't Ohio know what state, he's doing up there, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like Ohio State brings so in this weird. great recruiting class and Michigan's kind of just, you know, doing their well, thing. Yeah, well, Michigan's Michigan had like a top ten class though, didn't it? The, I mean they had a great class, but like it's right not, around there. You know, but I didn't they see had a really any good class, yeah. but I'm not seeing, was, you know, I'm just mostly not because of numbers, right? It wasn't Right. Yeah. It was mostly because of numbers. Like they didn't beat right. Alabama for kids. And exactly. he's never done that. No. He's, he's never done that. I don't, no, it's weird. So strange. I I had that. I missed that so big. I mean, just so big. <laughs> I just never in a million years thought that he would have a struggle there and that he wouldn't be able to get, you know, great quarterbacks. And he wouldn't. Right. I mean, I thought there'd be a steady diet of five star pro style quarterbacks wanting to play there. And they're just not. So, by the I way, I don't I can't explain that. Last thing, uh, I found the stat. 51 of 64 NCAA players who appealed for immediate eligibility uh, saw all of their waivers approved uh, per the most recent so, NCAA data. That's from 27 Sports, 24-7 Sports. Yeah, it's that's a huge number. Huge number. So basically, they, are, they, have, they have implemented the plan that you suggested without right. officially doing it. I think so. I think that's pretty much the what they're what they've done. So yeah, which is fine. So I, I mean, think it's, I think will play idea. next year at Miami. I think he's going to play. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I think he's got a decent case. So you know, I think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up playing. It's wild. Yeah, it's fun. Like I can't wait for spring football. Promises were made. Yeah, saw Miami. Absolutely. Yeah, I was. So. You know, I felt like I was betrayed, lied to, whatever. And maybe he was. Fair yeah. enough. But so I mean, I have no problem. I hope he does get to play yeah, right away. Same. I hope he has a good career down there. I mean. I hold no will for him. Um, let's switch gears to the hardwood, where um, Ohio State basketball last we talked was reeling, and you wondered if if this would be if if this team was going to be smack dab on the bubble and bubble off the way that this season was going. And then to the uh, to the utter, I get I, I at this point I can't say surprise or shock because they were games that that they should have won, needed to win, and did win. Um, but one thing that I will say is Chris Holtman's ability to maximize players and for teams to get better and play hard and play with passion on the defensive end is something that we can count on. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and while we are not of the level of, of Michigan this year, and we're not a sweet 16 team, I don't think, or anything like that, he is getting every last drop out of this team. And, and he's in a, in a situation now 
where despite the fact that Caleb West is going to be in foul trouble every single game, he's getting <laughs> enough out of his out of Andre and CJ and Luther to get wins and including a critical win, not for Ohio State, because I think Ohio State was in pretty good shape, even with a loss, but a critical lo- loss for Indiana, who was scratching and clawing for for dear life. And for Archie Miller, who who came on the same time as Holtman, who landed a five-star one and done in Romeo Langford and is now staring at, I believe, four and eight or four and nine in the league, and and who was a guy who everybody said, we've got to get, was Archie. Like, remember that? Whenever yeah. Yeah, whenever Dad leaves, we've got to get Archie. And, I mean, it, we liked, a lot of people like to hammer on Gene. Like, he identified the right coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, Holtman – that is what I've always loved about the, his team so far is that they just do not quit. They just don't quit. And even again, this is not going to be the most talented Ohio State basketball team anybody is ever going to watch. You know, when Andre Weston is like your number one scoring option, and he had a great game. Nothing, nothing against his game against Indiana. He did an incredible job, but it's not. It is not a super, super talented team. But they just play their asses off, and I appreciate that every time i watch them like even if they're not in a hopeless game they're not hitting any shots they're out there just you know busting you know their butts to just try to get something accomplished and that's something that you know i think shows up when you go to a basketball game that if there's a team that's losing you know they're 16 and 7 and the games that they win they're winning by 10 the games that they lose they're losing by 15 and they're just kind of like chucking threes and they're just kind of like lollygagging up and down the you know, court. I don't want to see that. I have no desire to turn that on television. I have no desire to buy a ticket to that game. But if I have a team that is that same record and I know you're going to just watch something entertaining because they're going to play, you know, hard press defense. They're going to do really cool things on the, on the glass. They're going to try as hard as they can, you know, to limit the best score on the opposing team. That's what I want to see. That's the kind of team that I want to see. And look, it was not a pretty game against Indiana. It really wasn't. But that final you know, minute and a half or so was just classic, you know, Chris Holtman, Ohio State basketball. And it was so much fun to watch. And it was it was great. And, and you know, we're talking on Slack and stuff amongst yourselves on the site. And we're just kind of a little, you know, pessimistic at parts of the game. And then this last part, and you're like, well, <laughs> they pulled it out. And, they, and, they, yeah. and it, it wasn't an accident. They they really just worked so hard to get that. And it was a great win. I was I was honestly, I think, more excited about that win than almost any other this season. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. And I, I think it um, it's funny because I am, I think, about eight, ten years older than you. Yeah. And and one thing about Indiana for people my age is Indiana was great. I remember them being great. I remember them winning. And I was very young, but I remember them winning a national t- championship in 1987. Um, I remember uh, all of all of the teams that followed in the early 90s. I remember vividly all the all of Bob Knight, and while it seems like yesterday, it is not yesterday. It's <laughs> been twenty five years, uh, upwards of thirty years since they've been um, a team of real. Certainly, twenty five years since they've been a team of real consequence. I know they made the Final Four the one year with Jared Jeffries, um, but that was that was a an, a, a one off. Um, they have not been a consistently elite basketball program in over two decades. Because the end of Bobby Knight was a disaster. I mean, they weren't good then. They were one and done a lot, which led to him yelling at NCAA people and all that stuff. So, I mean, it was ugly at the end of, of Bob Knight in the mid to late 90s. It was ugly through Mike Davis. It was ugly. Th- Tom Crean never could sort it out. 
He's a good coach. Tom Crean's a good coach. Like he yeah. landed a big kid at Georgia today. He was a good coach at Marquette, and he couldn't win there. He could not win. Not it not, was just it was up and down. They were so inconsistent with him at the helm. It was you they know. never advanced hardly anywhere in the tournament. They had they had the one. Um, oh, they had who'd they have? That kid who wore number forty, the uh, Cody Zeller. Oh, they yeah, landed Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller. They had that year, and they had, but I mean, they really never had. They had Yogi Ferrell. I mean, they had a few little nice teams, but they were no team. Ohio State for the last twenty some years has been the better program by yeah. a wide margin. Like this is you're Indiana. This is what you're supposed to do. You got the legendary <laughs> building. You got the best high school basketball in the country in terms of passion of the fan base. And you can't recruit there and you can't win there. And they haven't for 20 some years, man. I mean, it's really yeah. strange that Purdue can have sustained success with Matt Painter. Indiana would kill to be Purdue. Oh, yeah. Why can't Indiana yeah, be Michigan would. State? Why can't they be Michigan? Right. Like, it makes no sense to me why you can't win there. I don't, I mean, especially, especially with the type of culture that they've built. And like you said, I mean, they, diehard basketball fans in Bloomington, Indiana. Like it's not, it, it's definitely a place where you can say like, this is, this is still a, one of the blue bloods of college basketball. I don't, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if you need a certain coach. I don't know if it's the fact that people just don't want to go to Bloomington and it's not like, you know, the, the quintessential college town anymore that people want to see like this, you know, Metro adjacent or anything like that. But it's, it's just weird because, I, I still think, you know, I you are a little bit older than me, but I still remember Indiana, at least, you know, the mythology of Indiana being really good and the, the you know, the warm-up pants and all that other stuff that they have and, you know, going into their, uh, you know, their their arena and everything. I just, it's interesting to me that you have this team that almost is like the Nebraska of college basketball. And it, 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 it's had yeah, success. And it's just it's it's just kind of a myth at this point. And it's weird because, you know, kids are getting recruited now. They don't know anything about, you know, Indiana basketball. I barely know anything about no. Indiana basketball. So, no, there's a very Tennessee volunteer football feel to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, or Nebraska or something like that, because they Indiana is one of the 10 most significant programs in the history of college basketball. They just haven't been the last 20 years. Right. And I don't know what prevent. I mean, I'm glad it's not my problem, but I, I'm always curious about these things like Nebraska football, Tennessee football. I sort of understand because of who they're playing against now and who they have to recruit against now are is very different than it was 25 years ago. But Indiana, sure. there, sh- there shouldn't be any of that. I mean, there shouldn't be. They should. There's enough talent within 200 miles of Bloomington, Indiana. When you think about Chicago, Indianapolis, Ohio, Kentucky. Illinois. I mean, there's no reason. There's no reason that they aren't a powerhouse, and they're just not only are they not. In many years, they're completely irrelevant. Which yeah. I mean, you're you're playing a uniform, you're playing a museum. You know, it's not. <laughs> it's really wild to me that yeah. what's happened to them. And I thought Archie would have a better impact right away. I know they've had injuries and stuff, so I don't want to kill him too much. Um, but I thought he would have a more immediate impact than he's had. And so Buckeye basketball is in good shape. You got Illinois, and and then you get Michigan State. So. You're you're right. I thought I saw Lenardi before we beat Indiana has had a set as a nine seed playing in the same regional as Duke. So it would be nine seed. If you win, you're going to get the right to get hammered on and dunked on by Zion Williamson and Duke. Uh, But that was before the win at Indiana. So, you know, my guess is you moved up and now you're going to, you know, you beat Illinois at home and uh, and away you go. And if you can spring an upset 
Now you're talking about a team. I maybe get to be a seven seed or play up all the way to a six. Um, there's a lot in your favor, and it's we're lucky we have Holtman. I just know that because without a true playmaker, without a point guard, without many people on the perimeter who can get their own shot, and with a big guy who gets in foul trouble every game, you're going to make the tournament because they play hard, and right. that's impressive. Yeah, he's just he he just has the ability to draw out. Uh, effort from dudes and just get them to play to their maximum ability. And it's, it's yeah. really been cool to watch. And, you know, <clears throat> going forward, obviously there's going to be a lot of talk about the kind of recruits and stuff that he brings in. But honestly, I think seasons like this tell you more about a coach yeah, like Chris Holtman than if you've got, you know, five, five-star guys on the court yeah. and stuff, because this is, this is a challenge. This is a hell of a challenge. Yeah. And you know, they're going to be, I think they're going to beat Illinois. They've got Northwestern that they're probably going to beat. You take out Maryland or Iowa. I don't think they're going to beat Michigan State necessarily, but you take out Maryland or Iowa to end up the season. It's not bad. That's not bad. You're looking at some pretty good seeding, you know, depending on on how they you know perform in the Big Ten tournament, I guess. But I think that's I think that's NCAA worthy. I think you're going to get into March Madness with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do too. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Very cool. <laughs> Speaking of cool, um, I know the result is not what was wanted, and and. I want to get your opinion if you think that's something that needs to change. But the fact that 13,000 people showed up at St. John Arena on Friday to watch wrestling. Hell yeah, man. Stunning achievement to me yeah. by Tom Ryan. And he has accomplished in a very short time a great, great deal, including a national championship and Kyle Snyder and uh, everything else. Um, really incredible hire by Gene Smith with Tom and Tom being very good at his job. Um now, Penn State hammered us in this thing, and I know you know more about this than I do. Um, I know enough about Penn State to know that, from what I can tell, somebody said, we're going to be good at wrestling, and and I'm going to make it so. And so they went and hired Kale Sanderson, and then it was so. And so now they're the best program in the country, right. with, with which previous to his hire, uh, to my recollection, had very little history in it. Um, you know, this wasn't like Kale going to Oklahoma State or Iowa where there was a history. It's nothing like that at all. It's basically creating a program out of the clear blue sky. They've done it. And, and so um, it, it's a lot to combat, but the fact that 13,000 went to go watch kids wrestle on a Friday in Columbus, Ohio is really damn impressive to me. I, I think it's absolutely incredible. I think it's amazing. I've, you know, I did not wrestle as a kid. I don't have the same kind of connection that, you know, our good buddy, Andy Vance on the site has. Um, yeah, Andy's you know, and, and I got to tell you something prayers up to that dude, because Andy is, is just doing some incredible stuff in terms of uh, his connections and reporting and everything that he's been able to put into this, uh, you know, stuff that we've been talking about, especially given how much attention has been on the program. It's, it's just been really cool to watch, you know, Ohio state got thumped by Penn state. I mean, it was like 28 to nine, essentially um, it, it was rough. And, you know, the thing about Penn State is you're right. They, they've essentially built this behemoth of a program out of pretty much nothing. But a lot of it's because they have, you know, one of the guys on Mount Rushmore and American wrestling, you know, as their coach and as the guy who's like, you know, going out there and being the face of the program. It's, it's really hard not to be successful when you have a guy that great at just wrestling in general. Not again, nothing against Tom Ryan. Tom Ryan's an incredible dude. I mean, we've had him on the Dubcast. He's, he's a great guy and a great coach. Uh, but it's it's really just Penn State and everybody else at this point. It's like Bill Belichick, essentially, you know, coaching Alabama. It's it's hard to. Is it Gino Oriema? Is it Gino yeah, Oriema? Well, kind of feels you know like it. Yeah, I, I, and I know understand the comparison you're making, and I, I thought about that too because I'm like, is this the kind of sport? 
that can allow for a a rivalry between two like superpowers and things like that is it just by necessity going to have this you know one super team that's going to kind of you know sit on everybody else's chest and and just kind of make everybody cry uncle i don't know i don't i don't know if there is room for that i i would be interested to see how much talent there is and how spread it out is. I know Ohio state has brought in a lot of really good recruits recently. They've, you know, there's a lot of talent in Ohio and Tom Ryan's done a great job at bringing some of those dudes in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. I don't know. I really don't know. And, and I guess we'll find out because, you know, Penn state's well, getting all the resources in the world to be amazing. The way that the, that the Yukon thing happens is that there isn't enough talent. Yeah, to go around. exactly. Exactly. So, there because there aren't enough great girls basketball women's basketball players girls who become women's basketball players because there yeah. aren't enough and because he gets the best because he's the best coach they win it all the time so that might be what kale is that yeah. that might be uh it might be that that there aren't enough isn't enough to go around and and so um you know they dominate um the fact that ohio state was able to get one the fact that ohio state was able to get you know Kyle Snyder to come here and do right. that. Right. Is awesome. Um, but in order to beat them as a team, uh, it, it's obviously a very, very tall task. And for them to come into our play, you told you told me before we started 50 some, you know, dual matches in a row or something. Penn State is yeah, 56. Won. They've won 56 in 56. a row. Insane. Yeah, that's crazy. yeah, it really is. It, it is in it is insane. Uh, it's an incredible, incredible thing that they have. And um uh, but nevertheless, the passion for it is awesome. Um, we're all of a sudden we're great at hockey now. Like you got to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gene really has made some incredible hires and, and deserves to be talked about with, with the people he's hired and some of the buildings he's gotten done. He, he hasn't up until Ryan day, he hadn't been able to truly hire a football coach. Uh, he didn't hire Thad. So now he, and he's crushed the Holtman hire. You have to give him credit for that. Um, yep. really the only one that the only hire that I don't know that it's paid out the way that you know he had hoped um is women's basketball yeah um you know it's kind of the only thing where he swung big and you felt with kelsey mitchell that it was going to be something that would you know that all it would take off quickly and it it just it hasn't been and i you know so that that's the only one that it, and it's kind of weird because um you felt like it would at the time that it would be something where it'd be an immediate impact but everything else has been crushed yeah, I mean, they, you know, it's it is an incredible streak. It speaks to Gene's ability as a hiring, uh, you know, guru and everything. And it's just, it, it's not something you're going to see very often in college sports. But, no. it, but that's why when you have a program, when you have an athletic department as big as Ohio State's, you've got to have somebody whose chief talent is hiring. And I, I think, you know, we hammer that a lot on this podcast that, that Gene Smith is really, really good at hiring. I don't think people really fully appreciate that. It's not just something you they look don't. into. Like it's a talent. That's a skill you have to cultivate. And he's been doing it for years. So I, you know, it, it, it's great, but honestly, at this point, I'm not surprised. And I'm sure anytime there's another opening, he's going to, he's going to get another great hire. Cause that's, he's just really good at it. Yeah. He's, he's done a very, very nice job. All right, be sure to visit 11 Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more. Drygoods.11warriors.com. And please rate us wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Follow the 11 Dubcast on Twitter. Rate and subscribe on iTunes or, again, wherever you get those podcasts. All right, time in the show for Ask Us Anything, my friend. What do you have for us this week? All right, well, guys, if you want to ask us anything, please continue sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com or uh, at 11dubcast on Twitter. Um, So... (laughs) 
This is an interesting question. This is from David. He wants to know, if Urban takes the new job, let's say in the college ranks, uh, what do you think happens to his support staff, like Marathi or Pantone? Do you think they, they follow go. him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an easy one to answer, and it breaks my heart, but they're gone. Like, they're they're done. They're not sticking around. I mean, I think all of them – I mean, Urban's a sure thing, and in college football there aren't many right. sure things. You know, right. so while I know they all love, like they're all Ohioans. I mean, Mark's not, but he might as well be um, at this point. Like he's totally adapted, loves Ohio mm-hmm. um, and is, is paid nice. Mickey's paid a boatload. Bolt, those guys are Ohioans. Mickey and Bolt, Ohioans. Stamps from Florida. So, I mean, he wouldn't have any any real allegiance. But um, like if Urban were to get USC, they'd be gone. <laughs> Bye. They'd be gone. Yeah. They'd be living on Manhattan Beach, living the dream. Yeah, doing donuts. They, I mean, they like it's. I can just, I can just imagine Bantoni and Marotti like in a convertible, just doing donuts on Venice Beach or something. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. Because yeah. they, they would love that. And it's. It, I don't. Want, I, I wouldn't blame them. I mean, I don't blame them either. On the boss, like it's you know, yeah. no hatred on that. And it's uh-uh. you got to take the opportunities when they come to you. So. Yeah, absolutely. And in a business right, where so, that's so transient, where you have to move every couple of years. Yeah. You know, you know that you, with Urban, you're there as long as he can be there, which his track record is seven years. Right. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's right. You can put a, you know, put a, put a loan down on the house. You're good. Um, all right. So this next one, this is from our, uh, our good friend, Alvin. He wants to know who has a tougher next season. Is it Ryan day or Justin Fields? Who has a tougher next season? Yeah, who who I, has I think, it? So who has it tougher? In other words, who, who has, has it tougher? Justin has it tougher because, yeah. um, because he, I don't know. I, I don't know if any human being could live up to the expectations around him. Right. I don't know how you could. I feel bad for him in that sense. Um, now, he seems like a great kid and he seems like he's prepared for it and ready for it. But I don't know if you really will be until you're in it. You're following mm-hmm. a kid who threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns who's going to go in the top six in the NFL, seven in the NFL draft. And and you're going to be expected to have that type of impact. Um but I, I actually worry about it a little bit about how much is on him. I, and there's a lot on Ryan day, but I think there's a little more leeway with day um, than there will be with fields. There will be very little patience with Justin. And I think, I think the expectations are a little bit out of whack. I, I think they're a little bit out of whack. I also think Ohio state fans are conditioned to believe that the backup can step in and be just as good, if not better than the starter. And yeah. so if Justin Fields comes in and he's like not amazing immediately, then people are like, Hey, Matthew Baldwin, tell you, man, I saw this high school tape. He's going to be incredible. We got to get him in. And they were doing that. People I mean, did that, that people, with Haskins. That's what I was saying. They did it with Haskins. They did it with JT. They did it with Cardell. They Jeez. did it with every single quarterback. We got to play more, tell more. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Ohio State fans have been doing this for years. Crazy. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, it's not okay, actually. It's kind of stupid. But it's <laughs> it's it's expected. And I know that Justin Fields understands that. I, I get that. But, man, he does not have nearly the kind of, like, le- like length of a leash that Ryan Day will have. Ryan Day could w- lose a couple games. If you're like, all right, Ryan Day, you're settling into the role. If Justin Fields like throws a couple of interceptions his first game, people are going to be asking for Matthew Baldwin by halftime. Like, period. Like that's just how yeah. it's going to happen. And it yep. sucks that that's what, how it works, but that's definitely what's going to happen. What, that's where we're at. Right. So that that kind of blows. But you know, I, I think you know he'll be able to live up to those expectations. It's just it's like you said, it's huge. They're absolutely crazy expectations. Uh, last one here. This one. This one's from Will. 
Uh, he wants to know, so is uh, over-signing a thing of the past in the Ryan Day era, or is this just kind of a blip where they've, they've evened out here? I, I guess next year we'll know. Right. Yes. You know, I mean, I don't, I think this was thrown together so quickly and I think, I think they didn't love these. I think, the, I think this was more about saving the class more than aiming for the stars. Right. You know, and I think the right. other thing that's happened with oversigning is because of the early signing day, there's less of it. Yes. I which is, I mean, that, which is that good. in of itself so. is a really interesting, I, I think, road to go down just how that's yeah. affected because I, I think early early signing period i think gives more power to the players which i i really appreciate yeah, definitely does um but i wrote about this last week i mean it's it's sad that you don't have the specialness of signing day really anymore you don't have these no these it's not build up but i also appreciate i mean i i can't hate on the fact that players now have more control over what their recruitment looks like because there's nothing wrong with that i don't think that's a bad thing at all so you know it, it's it's Six and one half does the other in, in terms of like excitement, I guess. You know, you get a good product, but maybe you miss it out on the on the single day that you get to just, you know, watch fax machines, I guess. But um yeah, I I I think I agree with you. I think this is one of those things where it wasn't necessarily planned that way. It just kind of ended up happening where you're trying to keep everybody together. Yeah. So next season if he offers like fifty kids and gray shirts. Right. You know, it's a very different <laughs> you know, gray shirts half of them we'll see what happens but yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it so that's ask, ask us anything go ahead and keep sending those in those are great questions this week yeah good job out of you guys and good good job out of you my friend we'll be back next week for more fun until then uh have a good week bud yep you too